Caution, learning in progress. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for listening to another episode of Smarter Every Season. It's the podcast that is brought to you by the product support team here at Precision Planning. Now, when I say brought to you, what I mean is oftentimes one of our members is the host, but we love bringing on people from different departments, uh, even people within our own department. We love bringing in people from the dealer network, which Hans Setzman is with me today, but that's what we're going to do today, Hans. We're going to bring on a couple gentlemen that are experienced dealers and we're going to talk to them a little bit about what it means to put on a good agronomy event. Before we go there, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing real good. We good. finally got some sunshine yesterday, so I feel like I've been weeks without seeing sunshine, and I actually got a little bit, and it feels like there's a like my, my step's a little bit lighter today. Yeah, I, I can tell it, and I think I know why. I think it is the sunshine, but yeah. let's, let's get to the bottom of this. When you go through a long winter and you've got kids – and the sun finally shines, and they can get out and burn off some of that pent-up energy, house yeah. energy. Yeah. That it, makes it, a dad smile. A, yeah. And mom. And mom. Well. <laughs> I yeah, don't know. Wait, wait. I think it makes her uh, sane again. Okay. So the, the order of events is that makes mom smile, which then makes <laughs> dad smile. smile. There it is. There it is. You got it right. But Sweet. you are correct. But we did get some outside. And yeah, we did A little did too. bit of exercise going on. We did so. too. We did too. Well, I want to go ahead and bring our guests in because they are waiting on the phone and we want to talk to them. So who we've got today is Bill Lemkul. He's with Precision Agri-Services out of Ohio. Uh, Bill, did I get all that right? You got that correct, Tyler. Nailed it. Good deal. And then we also have Blake Reynolds with Reynolds Ag Solutions out of Iowa. Blake, whereabouts in Iowa? We are just south of Des Moines, about 15 miles. Okay. Perfect. So again, the goal here with this episode is to talk through what you guys have done that have made for successful um, plot days or ag days out at the dealership. And so Hans, I know that you have put a lot of work into thinking through some of the questions and lining up Blake and Bill and finding open time on their schedules, which Bill just joked about before we we started uh, recording. Uh, I, I had to mute all of my other possible distractions. So we have we have their attention for a short amount of time. We're going to capitalize on that. But why don't you kind of take it away and uh, we'll get to the subject at hand. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Tyler. Appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate them taking their time out of uh, a busy, busy day in February to uh, to take some time to talk to us a little bit about agronomy days. Um, Bill and Blake, we were, we've talked about this before in the past, but a little bit, but we've had just some general conversations about what does it take to put on a good agronomy day? What are some of the big, the key values that you guys see? And I think one of the biggest things that, that I would probably w- want to get started with on our topic is why do you put on a, an agronomy event? What's the value for you as the dealership? What's the value for you as the, as for your customers? Where do you see the biggest value um, of putting the event on? Blake, I'm going to, I'm going to start with you. Um, just kind of what are some of your, what do you feel is, is the biggest value for you, the dealership and for the, the customers? So when we look at a planter clinic, we actually do kind of backing up to look at kind of the year at the beginning. We do during our planter clinic, a live demonstration of in the past, we've done row units and we're hoping to have a four row display actually planting in dirt in the shop this spring um, in the month of March. In dirt in the shop. I like it. Yeah. And so we talk about, row cleaners, creating the furrow, closing the furrow, how different closing wheels react, all types of different things. And so then 
in the summer of 2023 when we did a plot day, our second plot day, um, just right across the road from our shop, we were able to do root digs and actually implement and give those visuals of everything we talked about in March and then try to reinforce all that information and education to our growers so they're able to see kind of those pre-planning stages and how to set the planter and then what the results were side by side right there in the field. Okay, so you're actually basically made it a year-long educational tool for these guys, for your customers throughout the year. That's what we're shooting for. Okay. What do you uh, what do you see as the value for for the dealership? Is this, do you, I mean, just general better education for the growers? Do you see sales? Or is it more, how, I guess, what's the, what's the biggest value that you see out of it? I guess I always take away the fact that as long as we're educating, it makes sales a lot easier. And um, we're able to, to take that that education and roll it directly into sales. It, it may take three or four months, three or four years to see that return of that time and, the, and those resources that we utilize to put that event on. But it's definitely correlating back to sales by those our growers and customers being more educated and understanding more of some of the decisions that they're making throughout the year. Gotcha. Perfect. Bill, what would you, uh, what would you say is, is some of the value you see um, for your dealership? Well, I think overall it's, it's all about, like Blake said, it's, it's educating that customer and, and basically keeping the sales out of it or low key. So, I mean, we find the value of, whatever event we have, whether that's a planner clinic or, you know, our annual 2020 trainings, which I think pretty much every dealership puts on to refresh that grower. But, you know, we're strictly talking here, you know, planner clinics, field days and agronomy uh, events. Um, you know, we, we, the face to face with that customer uh, means a lot. And when you can get we try and focus on a field day. We do some winter planner clinics and winter meetings, et cetera. But our main thing is, is uh, agronomy plots and, and a field day, boots on the ground, not just having those customers see numbers shown at them in a, in a meeting room on a PowerPoint. But, you know, having that face-to-face with that customer, the boots on the ground, and educate those customers about the little things that, can cost them money and I think the value there is they get to see things firsthand and up close and and we try and make sure that uh, like at a field day that they're getting their hands dirty they're just not standing around um, <clears throat> watching somebody basically preach at them and, and that so uh, you know that goes back to the different types of uh, events or sessions that you put at that field day but you know, as long as, you know, we give them a seed digger, we, we have spades and shovels where they can go dig and we take them out there and, and basically teach them what to look for in their own fields. It's, it's definitely a teaching moment. So we try and show them what to look for. And, and based on that, you know, why is, is it costing them money and what can they do to uh, correct some of those situations? Um, you know, we've had all types of agronomy plots so from a soil planter pit with three different soils and, and running a six row planter through there for furrow creation and downforce management, similar to what Blake's talking to doing in the shop. 
baby corn for emergence and the agronomic core principles and then you know take off from there on live planter demos and closing systems and planter attachments to you know look at some of those different scenarios and try and do that in different tillage scenarios for example we've made it so we could have conventional no-till and cover crop and run the planter through three different types of scenarios and you know, that seems to open everybody's eyes up and cover the gamut of, you know, not one size fits all. So it's definitely definitely an educational type of thing. And then, as Blake said, the, the sales kind of trickle off from there because they're going to start asking more and more questions uh, about what if and what have we seen in our experiences and things like that. So you guys both kind of hit on some of the things that you, you show and you do. My question would be, why do you do those things? What, what generates you guys coming to a decision to say, we're going to show baby corn, we're going to do a soil pit because X. Are these questions that you get that you notice a lot of your customers struggle with? Or why do you end, with, end up doing the, the things that you do at an agronomy day? The way I look at that is I want to challenge the status quo, as Jason Webster would say, and look at what's the typical field day look like. Generally, we're looking from the soil surface and above and looking at corn throughout the growing season at any point during the year. And this year was our first year of doing a baby corn plot. So we had multiple different closing wheel setups. So we were uh, into the month of June, towards the end of the month of June this year and so corn was getting ready to tassel and we had one strip right out in the middle that we planted oh two and a half three weeks before the, the field day so we had that v2 v3 corn and then we also planted a stretch the morning of so we could look at different closing wheel setups so we were able to essentially go through the first half of the growing season right there in one day and talk about from the planter to up to vt and then go back up the hill and we were looking at root digs and how those roots develop and how FurrowJet was able to, to allow those roots right down into the nutrient package that we were placing in furrow. And I wanted to look at the whole picture essentially from start to finish, but also that below ground portion is something that's often overlooked. Even with a spade, we can only see so much. And by digging just a two-foot root pit, we were able to show so many different examples of how that side dress program was able to be taken in by the root system. And all those, there were just so many good examples and being able to show something that a general seed test plot doesn't normally show throughout the year. So then you were just going, but you're going back to basically your question then was challenging um, to think below ground as much as it was above ground and showing showing the value of, where your, of what your root structure is in addition to just the, the top side of it. Yes. So how that closing wheel system affected the root development or how different downforce settings affected those roots. Anything that we make from that planter pass, you can correlate back to below ground as well as above ground. So trying to look at both, the, taking the plant as a whole and looking at it from top to bottom, not just from the soil surface up. Bill, same question to you. What determines what you guys show in an agronomy day? Well, I think it's it's basically we try and replicate what the customers may, may customer may actually see in their field, you know, under di- under different conditions, whether those conditions are are right or wrong, and and 
like for our field day and, and and that i mean we we usually try and have that after wheat harvest so we've got um baby corn planted all the way uh, planted right after the combine leaves the field and then every couple days after that or so many days after that we make planter passes and and that way we can dig dig roots in the different conditions we actually go through and part of the, part of that is is also we we put down for example residue plots where we'll roll out round bales of uh, straw for the residue and we'll we'll soak those down with a water wagon so we're planting in you know not very nice hairpin conditions and and so we can show what happens if you're not getting that furrow uh, environment closed properly and, and things like that so uh, try and you know just try and educate them on you know what they may see out there and and uh, sometimes you get a lot of oohs and ahs and I've seen that before and didn't really know what, what the remedy for it or or the why for it so I think it really opens their eyes and enlightens them when they can get down on their, you know, on their knees and, and, and dig and look at those things. And, and then you can pass around roots that you've dug up and, 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 and basically look at uh, some of your sins and, and what that is, what that may have caused. How's that? So, um, but uh, you know, that's just some of the things that we concentrate on there. So. Tyler, I'm sensing a theme here. Um, both of these guys are, are talking about digging in the dirt and getting them, their hands dirty. I better make sure that if I come to their field day, I better bring a pair of boots and jeans because I'm probably going to get my hands dirty somewhere. Not your Sunday jeans. Don't <laughs> bring Sunday them jeans. Sunday jeans. Huh? Not my Sunday boots. That, 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 don't, don't show up in loafers, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually kind of like the way this is. That's the way I would want to go to a field day. But uh, that's a good, it's a good call out. Tyler, I actually had re- down here. One of my questions is: are, are we are we teaching or are we selling? And you guys have very clearly answered the question of we're teaching. This is not a sales tool. Sales comes out of this, but this is not a sales tool. This is a teaching opportunity to go through this, um, which is not unlike what precision planning as a whole that we've tried to do as, in in our history as we try to teach. Um, as I listen through some of your questions, some of the stuff you're doing, there's there's a lot of corollaries to PTI. Um, I'm going to ask the question, why don't you just rely on PTI to do this? Well, I mean, PTI is a great field event. It's got Jason Webster and we got a bunch of stuff. Some of your, 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 your things that you're doing are very similar to what he's doing. Why would you not just rely on PTI? But by the way, the PTI farm is a great experience. It's not us trying to sell the PTI farm. No, there's an answer we're fishing right. for here. <laughs> yes, I, I, I figured as much. Thank you well, for clarifying, I, I, Tyler. I, yeah, very good, Tyler. So, um, I guess I'll, I'll go first. I, I, I think there's value in customers seeing it in their own environment, in their own soil type, things like that whether that's at our location, as it usually is, you know, that's different than soils in, in central or northern Illinois. And, you know, not that that's a bad thing, but they get to see it in, in the environment and some of the similar management conditions that they go through. So they, they think there's a value uh, from that. And also that the data and what we're showing is, local and we do agronomy plots as well i mean we do we've got four full-time agronomists 
on staff for independent agronomy and some of the things we do with, you know, <clears throat> our independent plots and closing wheels and, and stuff like that and emergence and, and that. Um, guys really like to see that local data of, you know, what's it costing them on, you know, uneven emergence and, and things like that. So I think there's a value there, not that what PTI is doing is wrong. I think not everybody wants to travel. For one, <clears throat> some put a value on that local data and, and seeing it local. Um, so I guess that's where I stand on it. But, I mean, we've had successful PTI trips, don't get me wrong. But um, I think that some farmers and some customers put a value on that you know, being local and and seeing it for themselves up close in the, in the same soil types and environment they're used to. Great, awesome. I would go ahead, Blake. I would agree one hundred percent with Bill. And from a dealer ROI standpoint, we've taken two different trips out to the PTI farm and rented a charter bus and. Even on our second trip, we partnered with another dealer and went out the night before because we're five to five and a half hours away from PTI. So we left here the day before, got a hotel room, had a had a nice dinner, played cards the evening before. And there was a, a lot of good conversations that came out of that from grower to grower and a, a bunch of peer conversations. Um, PTI Farm was great, but we're looking at 25 to 40 growers on that bus and and going out and spending we wanted to make that a vip experience and not everybody can leave their operation for a day and a half close to two days and we were able to spend less dollars and do more local plots right across the road from our shop and host that field day and we're able to have three times the number of growers attend and so from that standpoint, the ROI for us was much higher. It's not something that I think we want to eliminate PTI because there's a lot of good things that come out of that. But it, it, doing things at the local level and, and changing that up, last year we did a corn plot. This year we're going to do a soybean plot right in that same area and talk about why row cleaners are important and some of those back-to-basic type things um, that – and try to try to replicate what Jason's doing as PTI, but just more here locally, so we can expand our coverage. I'm curious, tying onto this too. Do you do either of you two guys put out a plot book? Well, I guess we we have um, one of one of our uh, associates here actually worked in as an agronomist for R and D. <laughs> at precision so 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 uh he we have as far as our closing wheel studies have went multiple and we, we try and base our data on multiple years uh you know we tell we tell our customers even at a field day you you're seeing this live here and now in, in these types of conditions you know that may change in a different year or or you know different environment or a week or two from now mm-hmm. from what they're seeing. So, so our true agronomy plots that we put out and try and put out closing wheel plots and emergence plots uh, are multi-year. And yes, we try and present that data. Uh, we put it together in kind of a publication, but in, all in all, we, we, every March when we do our 2020 trainings, uh, monitor trainings and refreshers, 
Um, we try and have a quick Q&A session and present some of that data to our uh, growers that are there. And we get a lot of questions and, and it, it's good to change it up that you're presenting a little more than just what monitor training is. And it's an educational moment. This is what we've seen on this given year. And everybody can remember back to, you know, kind of the environmental conditions they had the year before and, and relate to that. And so that that's turned out rather well, presenting that data then. And then we present, you know, this was what happened last year. This is what, you know, the three or four years that we've been doing plots, um, you know, what the trend is, what the pattern is, and go from there. We're kind of on the other side of that. And I wish I was able to do what Bill does from because that takes a lot of resources and, and things. Um, we haven't made it to that point yet, but that ultimately be the goal for us. But we t- kind of talk through the conceptual aspect of um, and the visuals of that in-season time frame. So this year, one example was no row cleaners, no tilling corn into bean stubble versus running reveal at an ideal setting. And it, it just allowed us that visual aspect of what's our potential difference here. And it was quite phenomenal to see see some of those visuals. It, the biggest reason why we don't take anything to yield and publicize it is because of our variability within that plot area. The first 100 feet is very, very consistent. And after that, it kind of falls off. So it, I don't feel right publishing that data. So when we do talk about data, it's more of a one-on-one type conversation because I'm not comfortable with the physical geographical location and some of the downfalls to the farm where we've got a lot of variation from one end of the plot to the other. And so you about have to make sure you're comparing apples to apples throughout the plot. So it it all makes sense and you're giving everything a fair shake. So we try to do that just more one-on-one. Thank you. Good. So I have a question for you guys. Um, Kind of moving on a little bit. We're moving into more kind of the logistics side of it. And you guys are putting in a lot of – just listen to you guys talk about what you're doing and the thought and process that you're putting into it. Um, what What do you guys – when do you guys plan to put these plots in? How do you – what's what's the strategy? Of, uh, we talked a little bit to Tyler's on how do you determine what it is. When does that plan start to go into effect? When do you guys start laying out, okay, in this area of the field, we're going to have this plot, we're going to do this. Um, and then kind of the, the backup that also that goes with that is what are you guys going to do when you get halfway through the summer and all of a sudden the plot that you had so carefully meticulously planned does not show you what you wanted it to show, um, whether that's due to weather or whether that's due to operator error on the first front side or whatever it was. Um, kind of talk through a little bit of those logistics sides of, of, of getting that plan in, in from – Idea to actual action, I guess. Is where Th- that going. laugh makes me think maybe that's happened. Before. <laughs> I think it has. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So we actually had a prime example of that um, a couple, three or four years ago. We had a beautiful plot. We had everything laid out. We had 27 strip trials planned for three root digs. We started planning for that plot in February. We went through all the implementations of it correctly and in April. That plot looks fantastic. We planned our plot day during, right after our planter clinic when we had our precision rep here and, and any of our other support from other companies. We went ahead and, and 
planned for that plot day several months in advance. So it was on the calendar. And sure enough, about 10 days or two weeks right before that plot day, we got a hailstorm and it pretty well stripped about Ooh. 30% of the vegetation off those plants. We didn't say, well, the plot's lost. We went ahead and that's when we put that big emphasis on our root digs and said, well, if we can't look at the top half, let's look at the bottom half. Yep. And that was extremely eye-opening to growers to still be able to see what was down below. And the healthier the plant was coming out of the ground and between all the different trials, it was a, still a very good teaching and education moment to allow those growers to see, well, the healthier the plant was and the better stand we had, we were still able to weather that storm that much easier. So that was a big eye-opening experience for us. And in that scenario, we actually planned the plot on the other side of town. So we had customers come into the shop. We bought, we got on a charter bus, bust everybody across town and spent about three and a half hours in the morning and then came back here for lunch. And since that point, due to weather and all those things, we've decided let's plan on doing it right here at the shop and keep it more local um, to, alle to alleviate some of those logistical issues in case that would ever happen again. But um, that was a very good teachable moment for us as a dealership as well as our growers to see a different aspect. Awesome. Bill, you uh, you were the one that had the laugh going on, I think. So I think you've got some a uh, little bit of uh, of history here. Oh, I don't know about history, but yes, we've seen the same type of scenarios that Blake Blake has had. But I mean, <clears throat> there is a difference between you know planning our agronomy plots and and what's going to be taking the yield for those versus what we're going to the plots that we that we use actually in the. Uh, field days and things like that. I mean, most of ours, fortunately, we can plant after wheat and, and with staggered planting and gives us the opportunity out there to see growing corn and then have more mature corn right alongside of it. You know, that was planted during the regular spring planting window and, and that. And you get to see a lot of those things. Uh, we've had the hiccup where we've planted and, you know, we have uh, didn't get any rain. So you're out there hoping and praying that you're going to have some kind of stand for baby corn and root digs and things like that on, on the smaller, smaller corn. So same type of scenario. Um, but with that being said, it's no different than a customer's field. You try and make the best uh, out of it and you try and diagnose and see what's actually happened out there. And, and then you dive into what you can show, like Blake said, and, and look at roots, look at the different things and, and talk about why it happened and and what you actually see out there. So I don't think any part of that goes to waste. It's it's just a matter. It's it's a little frustrating that it, you know, it takes that tangent off your perfect plan for a field day, and, and you just have to adjust to it. Is all. So being flexible and nimble on your feet is what it sounds like. So yeah, yeah well, pretty much. I, I love the 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 positive attitude too there to try and figure out how can we still make this into a good experience uh, like you know Blake sharing well we're going to dig into the roots then that's what we're going to yeah, focus on because it's yeah it's, it's there. there yeah that's awesome right um, yeah and I guess it, it's probably no different than than you know if you plan for an outdoor event and you get three four inches of rain yes guys we've we've had the experience where we've actually handed uh, handed out the uh, full-on plastic you know, the veterinary boots or the plastic boots and everybody, here you go, put them on. You're slogging through the mud regardless because <laughs> we've got stuff to show you. 
and fortunately, you know, it wasn't raining during the actual day itself. So, you know, that part turned out right. That's just something you got to plan for. And it's just like, you, you got to think outside the box. And then if you have one of those days where, um, you know, you might, you know, mother nature may go against you and it's raining all day and, and things like that. I mean, it's such a thing. You're going to have to go out to those plots. You're going to have to dig. You're going to have to bring all that stuff indoors and then you're just going to have to either break into small groups and hopefully you have a facility you can do that or you're going to have to pass big enough that you can pass a lot of things around and talk about it and and, and show people indoors the same thing you're going to show them you know out outside in the field so bill i i have to say that the veterinary booths are probably my key takeaway right there i'd never even thought about that but that's a that's a great idea you have to slip on cheap boots that come 50 or 100 in a box it's just like you got those and just everybody shows up and they think we're actually going to go to the field yep here you go here's your boots put them on let's go (laughs) wondering what you guys would advise to other dealers as far as um, other tools or other logistical tips that you have for putting on the event. Is there a program that you use to send out the invites? Is there, yeah, I I don't know, anything like that that you would advise as far as logistics to to give somebody a good experience? Maybe it is just having those vet boots on hand, but (laughs) anything else like that that comes to mind that, that, from a logistics or maybe an experience standpoint um, has really helped you out. I think you can't wait to the last minute to say, Oh, I'm going to have a field day and expect customers to be there. I mean, you need to get the word out at least two or three months prior. I mean, we, we usually make the announcement in March already as say, we don't know what the date is, but we're going to have a field day this year. Uh, more than likely in August um, sometime at our March training meetings and and uh that's at least gives them a heads up and gets the wheels of spinning and then you know get the word out at least two to three months prior um then of save the date whether that's in a newsletter social media you know like you do an e-blast to your customers through constant contact or something like that or you put an insert in your invoices you know something like that um and then one month prior, get the invites out. You know, in all reality, if you're going to feed these guys, the places that cater food are going to want those numbers a week prior to your event. So, you know, one month's not giving you a whole heck of a lot of time, but at least it keeps it fresh in those customers' mind that, hey, that field day is coming up and, and things like that. And, and then, you know, tools such as, you know, the, the event, stuff or the event part of uh, the marketing on Precision Planning's cloud where you can create an event and they can register through that and you can manage reservations. I mean, there's other programs out there. Sure, you can do it that way or you can put a link to that and let them sign up through there or call the office, however you want to do it. But, uh, you know, that's just some of the tools and, and things you need to think about that we use and, you know, try and get that word out there and uh, you know, also, you you got to be a little cognitive as when you plan the field day of trying to watch out for other events. Now, you're never going to hit it perfect because of people going on vacations and things like that. But, I mean, you try and watch out for other events like county fairs or 
seed days put on by other dealers or other ag retailers and things like that that you don't conflict and that seems to help as well so just some of the things to be aware of yeah i'd agree with bill 100 percent. the one thing that we're doing different this year than what we have we've spent a lot of time calling and registering guys on precision micro sites um, from the portal but this year we've actually created an events page on our website so rather than sending customers to precisionplanning.com and having to search through all of those functions or all those other events that may be in other states they're able to see directly what our events are coming up so we posted our march planner clinic back in january and i'm hoping to have a date set before our 2020 clinic on march 6th so then we're able to push that summer field day information out and help educate and reinforce some of those dates that are coming up so trying to make that information easier to find and we try to get rsvps but only about 75 percent of that's accurate anymore on a good day (laughs) all right so very good content guys um one last question, I think, before we wrap this up. Um, how do you guys follow up with your growers after the event? Do you have a kind of a protocol you guys go through? Do you just call them up? Um, what's What do you found, has found has been effective with, the, with that? That's probably something that we could always improve on. And we try to try to make some personal phone calls um, and touch base with those growers. Uh, in the past, it's been fairly easy to to kind of know that by the end of the event and try to take some notes on who talked to us about what product or or what issue they might be struggling with or where they might need some more information. But follow-ups are always hard, and I, I think if anybody has that figured out, they could sure let me know because <laughs> we definitely struggle in that area a lot. A- a- amen to that, Blake. But, I mean – we do a constant contact or a web web blast so we can actually we can target those guys that came here if if they shared their emails and basically send a thank you for attending i mean we've also done questionnaires we'll call up some guys and say what what'd you think um what should we change what should we add for the next next go around um, what would you like to see um you know and that seems to help um, one other thing we've kind of done at, at some of our field day and, and agronomy meeting events is um, we, we've also given in, incentive to some customers. We kind of pick and choose, but we open it up. But there's a lot of them out there that don't want to take advantage of it. We give incentive, you know, whether that's so much off off of a you know meter work or something like that or we give the incentive for customers to give us reviews of the field day and give us their thoughts and and that some of those are reviews that we can put on the website and and promote future field days so um you know that's just one thing that you can use and think about uh when you put events on like this good one thing that kind of piqued my um, thought process there was We'll see. I might have a different answer for you in another year or two, but we're putting together what what I'm calling a grow, grower advisory council, mm-hmm. and trying like to that. make trying to make that a peer group. So hopefully that group will stay together for two to three years, 
and be advisors to each other. We're going to hold our first meeting here at the end of the month, but I'm also going to try to pick some brains during that event and see what that group of guys as across our entire area would like to see us do in the future from services, plot days, how we can improve our meetings and, and how we present information. Sometimes I feel like we get very stagnant and then I hear back from customers that know that information was really good and we deal with it 12 months out of the year while we're building planners 12 months of the year and that customer may only use that piece of equipment for four days to two weeks and so they need that repetition. And so that's where I'm, I'm looking for some of that feedback to see how guys want to be communicated with or what we could do to improve service for them moving forward. So it, that'll be an interesting event to, to see what comes out of that long term, but it, always trying to think outside the box and trying to see that vision of where, where we need to be and where the, where that, the future operations are going to be five and 10 and 15 years down the road. Love it. Love the thought process. That's awesome. Yep. Very good. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you guys for uh, for joining us. Um, hope you guys have a good rest. Absolutely. So, hope you guys have a great spring and get getting ready for yeah. Uh, thanks, guys. For planning season. So. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Thank you. Thanks for giving yeah. us the opportunity. So, absolutely. Thank you. All right. Take care. Hans Stutzman and Tyler Hubert here. We just listened to the recording of an interview with Bill Lemkul of Precision Agri Services out of Ohio and Blake Reynolds of Reynolds Ag Solutions out of Iowa. Hans, anything that stands out to you from that conversation? I think it was great content. I really enjoyed listening to them. A um, couple of things that I think stood out were the idea of, of planning stuff ahead of time. Like It is probably pretty important to have a plan down, what, whether that's something small or something big, what it is, but just having an idea of what you want to do this summer. Um, for trying to pull a last minute is going to be kind of a challenge, I think. Um, and then just flexibility, being able to – I love Blake's comment of, of we got hailed out and we still found, found something to go dig and go have a field day about. That his customers still like. Yes, yeah. still liked and thought an incredible value out of it. Um, so I think being able to look at it from a, their comments around how to, to be flexible enough with it. Yeah, I think they both hit on it a little bit when they were talking about value, but um, what, what stood out to me is – there's something too that I think, um, you know, when you're, when you're in a monitor clinic or when you're in a planner clinic, that's what you're focused on, right? Is getting the planner ready. There is something too that, you know, in the summer, um, you can almost get outside and, uh, the relationship building that happens there, um, when you're focused on kind of what you learned from the spring, I think it's, is really valuable to yeah. the dealership too, is that, you know, we, we do it to have, an interface with the customers, right? To be in front of the customers. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that was that was one thing that kind of stood out to me. I don't know that they said those exact words, but there was definitely value in just, you know, being in front of customers and being intentional with that time. So, Hans, as you were kind of going through and preparing for this episode, you reached out to a number of different region managers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know, maybe did you have... Bill and Blake in mind, or were you kind of no, pointed that, that was direction? Point that direction from other RMs. Okay, so in in that process of kind of talking to RMs and, and figuring out, hey, who would be good to have this conversation with? I think Jason Portner, who's an RM in Minnesota, mm-hmm. had some good thoughts around. You know, we look at it a little bit differently, or or an alternative idea maybe that still has a lot of value. But and I don't want to take too much away from the interview, but 
it was kind of something that I think through that discovery process, you realized we should just bring Jason on was, and let him talk about yeah, it. Yeah, it was a much better. It was a very different concept, conversation than what I originally thought, like of where we were originally headed for. But it was a very good way of of doing agronomy days. Uh, and I just wanted him to have, had take the time to explain what he's doing with his dealers in his area. It's a great fit for what what's going on. So it's not a the one thing I came away from it is there's not a one size fits all. And I really want to showcase what Jason's uh, talking about. Well, let's go ahead and we'll play that interview with Jason now. All right. Well, we are here today with Jason Portner. Jason Portner is one of our uh, regional sales managers for the Minnesota, Western Minnesota. Is that correct, Jason? Yeah, it's called Western Minnesota, but I'd say I call it kind of Central Southwestern. Central Southwestern. All right. All right. Well, welcome to our podcast again. I think you've been here before. You've been here a couple of times, I believe. Is that correct? <clears throat> uh, once, once for sure. So it's good to be back. All right. Welcome. Glad you're back, Jason. We were uh, in our in our earlier part of the podcast. We were talking to Blake Reynolds and Bill Lumkel, um, two of our dealers from Ohio and Iowa, and they're talking through some of their details of some of the way they do events, um, grower events, or agronomy events. And when we reached out to you, to the RMs, uh, you and I were talking a little bit about how your dealers are approaching an agronomy day um, or an agronomy event or a dealer event. And you kind of had some unique, your dealers are, are approaching a little differently than the way Blake and Bill are. And I kind of want to capture that mindset because I think it's a really good example for um, some of our dealers to hear a little bit of a different perspective. So would you want to give us a little bit of a background on kind of what your dealers are doing and kind of What's their their take on a dealer day or a grower day um, in your area? Sure. I mean, I go back to when we kind of had some of the larger uh, regional events. Uh, I remember when we used to do like a summer meeting in Huxley and that, and that's all good. But, you know, it takes a lot of resources, a lot of time, a lot of planning. And hats off to everybody that, that does those and gets them executed. I think that's great result. Um, our, our challenge was always making sure everybody had enough time to really execute what we wanted. And uh, we thought, you know, why do we have to make it, you know, so, so complex? And so after some kind of some brainstorming and stuff, we kind of set away, kind of set aside a, a field day uh, and really tailor it to the grower's needs. Um, so up here in, in Minnesota, we don't have a lot of small grain, but you can always tend to find, you know, somebody that's got a small patch of wheat or oats, you know, maybe a, a livestock grower that's, needs to get some manure out sooner than later or uh, maybe even some canning we've got some sweet corn and peas uh, in this area and so you know trying to find a time that the growers available and some ground that's fit to work in and so when we kind of look at a field day we're like well what do we really want to showcase right how do we really make it all about the, the farmer and the grower what they're looking to do and so we would take you know a planter um that's pretty well equipped with things and we would take one row and strip it down to just, you know, take the closing system off and actually do that with a few different rows. One row would have some worn out opening discs that are set, not shimmed correctly and leaving a W on the bottom. Then we'd have two that are shimmed correctly, one without a Keaton firmer, one with. And then from there, we would try some different uh, closing systems. You know, as we came out with Pearl Force, that was a big thing we wanted to be able to showcase. Also, row cleaners. We've done somewhere, you know, we put Reveal on with a separate controller versus traditional clean sweep and maybe even a, a fixed row cleaner. And, and really kind of put a variety of things 
uh, on that planner. And so then from there, we could really customize it and break it into like an hour and a half, two hour segments and kind of do a VIP experience. We would have like a pop-up tent with a cooler of water and, you know, Gatorade or something like that, some cookies and that. It, it wasn't about the food. It was all about giving that grower an experience of, let's say he was interested in different closing systems, right? He could go and kind of kick the tires on just that. So you could spend that hour and a half with him in the field in some different conditions. Maybe you're able to run a tillage pass across that ground ahead of time. So it's similar to what he's going to deal with and get him in the cab, uh, get him out, make some different changes on the settings. Um, from there, really have diggers and stuff available so you can get behind and, and dig behind and really check out um, exactly what you want to showcase with them. And so that way, you know, the growers don't necessarily have to sit through a canned presentation for everything. You can really make it about their operation and their specific question. Maybe get a grower that, you know, just interested in running a Gen 3. All right jump in the cab and just get to run with them. And so he can play around with some different things. We've done things at the PTI farm, kind of take a page from there where we make a few goof plates on a few rows, throw them in so you can see what skips and multiples look like. So again, it really depends on, on each individual person. The, the biggest mistake we probably made the first time we did that was not giving enough time for that grower. So I think the first time we did, we had like an hour and we found that, they want to spend more than that with us. So Interesting. So your guys are, are then, due to several con- things that happen in the spring, you're going to a more of a, just a dedicated VIP, bring one grower in at a time or maybe a couple of growers that have the same interests, and then just taking right. them and going through one set of, uh, of scenarios with them that they want to specifically see versus having a broad field day. Yep. And the nice thing about that is it doesn't take a lot of resources. You know, I mean, you, you take some of your, your teardrop flags to kind of stake it out by the road approach so people can see easy enough. You can really just kind of, like I said, kind of customize it to what the grower's looking at. I remember one of my dealers, when we did this, uh, we had set up some different areas and some different flags. So we went and did, you know, downforce. We had some of that, you know, wasn't quite sure yet on the on Delta Force and set it up where we hit light, you know, heavy and, and custom or else went to manual. And we, we would try to stake a few, you know, if we knew that's what we were doing, uh, we'd kind of communicate with whoever's in the cab. So when they're hitting the button to change, so we could kind of line up where those changes were. So then they could get out of the cab and go, okay, here's where we were light. Here's what the pro looks like. Here's where it's heavy. You know, here's where we set it to where we think is, is the best. And, you know, just a lot of customization and, and really a, a deeper knowledge transfer of, of showing, showcasing how the equipment works and and how to do a better job of, of uh, evaluating your, their uh, planner operations. I would think, too, Jason, this kind of requires you to know a little bit more in advance what your growers are interested in. I guess there's an element to that, too, really, if, if you know you do kind of what Bill and, and uh, Blake do. Um, but especially if you're going to kind of treat this as a, as a VIP event, you kind of got to know more where your customers are at or have a good grasp of that uh, to make sure that you're inviting them to the right spot um, that if you're, if you're kind of personalizing an experience, it, you know, you, you got to make sure your I's are dotted and T's are crossed on, on where you're actually, uh, what guys want to see. Is that reasonable? I, I believe so. I mean, you know, 
I would say this is going to be more targeted to your warm leads that you maybe just need that little extra touch to help close the deal, like guys that are interested, but just kind of on the cautious side of things. So so the dealers can already have a, a pretty good feel for, for how they want to tackle it. It's uh, and, and it doesn't have to be just a, a small one-on-one group. Uh, one, one dealer kind of used it more as we were launching uh, Furl Force. I think he had anywhere from 10 growers at a time to, you know, one or two guys at a time. So, uh, but at the end of the day, I think we still had touched probably 40, 45 people cool. uh, throughout, That's throughout cool. a one day deal. And some, some dealers had good enough luck where they blocked off more than one day, you know, for the amount of people they had coming out. You know, I've, I've a handful that do it kind of on an annual basis. Others kind of, they wait a couple of years in between to kind of keep it fresh you know, the, the biggest thing is probably trying to secure if you yourself are not going to have that little patch of oats or, you know, such as is just making sure you're reaching out to and, and locating that piece of ground that's going to work. So, I would think there's an element of this, too, that growers kind of appreciate that maybe where it would be challenging to set aside a whole day if they can't do that. But you said, well, well then come out at three o'clock. You know, I know you got exactly. road ditches to mow. I know you've got chores to do in the morning. Come out at 3 o'clock. We'll be done by 5, but come on out at 3. You don't have to, to give a whole day to it, but I know you're interested in Fro Force, so I want to show you this plot that we put in. What, what's kind of been the feedback from growers on this? It, it's been pretty good. So, I mean, like, as we've had some of these uh, events take place, kind of having that schedule of, all right, between here and here, you know, we've got an opening if that works for you and really, again, kind of making it all about how they want to handle it. Or, you know, if, and they don't need a rep like myself to be there. There's been times um, where it's like, Hey, we've got this field day sign lined up where we're going to do this throughout the day. And the girl is like, Hey, you know, you know, I've got a different appointment already scheduled, but I can come by tomorrow. Well, you know, once these guys have got one or two of these under their, under their belt, you know, they're, they're all well-versed in our product, right? They're able to just do that on their own. You know, they, don't, they don't need us, you know, present to, to help them close a, close a deal like this or give them, that, uh, give them that experience in the cab. Awesome. Awesome. Very good, Jason. That is exactly what I think we were looking for. Um, appreciate you taking the time to, to, to step in and give us a little bit of an insight of what's going on in your territory. Tyler, do you have any other questions for him? I don't think so. Thank you. All right. I think that is what we need for now. Jason, thanks for coming, and we will talk to you later. I do. I will throw out one other success story for it. I was just thinking of this. Um, So, yeah, Dealer Insider a few years ago, we talked about one of the sessions was like, you know, when you get that guy that chooses to go like an exact emerge route, and you think, man, I lost it, right? Um, Out of one of these, uh, one of these sessions, we got some guys that, whatever the case may be, chose to go say an exact merge route, you know, was that direction the guy went and, um, you know, dealer a kind of gave up on him. Dealer B, a newer dealer that came on board, we talked through this idea, uh, reached out to those guys and they came out and out of that deal, uh, secured a reveal furrow force, uh, sale that, once they got to see it and feel it, whatever, pull the pin on something, and a, a different dealer had kind of uh, given up uh, on that potential customer. So, um, again, just just another example of of maybe 
taking a, a customer that you don't think is maybe interested and still getting into some of these other products that we have. So that's it. So I just cool. felt that that was maybe something to, to share out with you guys. Yep. Very good. Very good. I appreciate it. Cause that's a, that's the idea and the goal behind it. And that's a cool way of, of setting it up with the, um, getting them to see it in hand is, is extremely valuable. Thank you so much, Jason. You have a wonderful day and we will talk to you soon. You bet. Thanks guys. Thank you. Hans Stutzman, Tyler Hubert here back in the studio. Hans, what stands out to you from what Jason said? I think it's an interesting viewpoint. Um, given where they're at in Minnesota, their shorter planning windows for these dealers that are already busy and stressed out in spring to not have to plan to put in and take the time to put in a field plot. And it's an intriguing option for those guys up there. It's not that one side that what Bill and Blake are is not valuable, but I think it's a different approach. Um, and it just it gives some guys a little bit of leeway in what they do in the spring and kind of reallocate their heavy time investment from May, April, May to a July or August time frame. I think for us, the point here that we're hopefully trying to drive home or, or make is not necessarily that we lean toward one way being better yeah. than the other. It's to share ideas. And I think the encouragement is that something, you, yeah, something you do is something. good. Do yeah. something because I think that's the valuable. And it's not that, yeah, it's not that one's better than the other one. Yep. The other point that I hope we were going to make, and I'll go form this into a question. Hans, we're talking about like agronomy days, agronomy clinics, agronomy events typically held in the summer. Why are we talking about this in February? Make the plan now. Get your plan going now because this can help you whether you're going to do a full out agronomy event like Bill and Blake or whether you're going to do something in July and August like Jason's dealers are doing. Um, make the plan now and make a conscious decision that you're going to go one way or the other um, and start laying the framework for what your, what your plan is going to be as you get into spring. Cause I want you, it, my experience I'm in, and from everything I've seen, um, if you don't have a plan going into April, you're not going to have anything <laughs> done come September. <laughs> I second that comment. So, um, so Dan, I think there's a lot of value in these events. And so just coming out of, things that we talked about from last year. Um, and actually, I think this was actually one of the things that was mentioned in our survey results, if I remember correctly, um, on the podcast, was just what are some of the guys, dealers that are doing that are helping their bottom lines? As you talk about sales, but realistically teaching, here's a phenomenal way of teaching. Is these agronomy events are some of the best teaching opportunities we can create. Yep. And educating the grower, the farmer, on what is valuable and what is making a difference on his crops. Um to me, this is this is why we're pushing, why we're we bringing this podcast up is because we see value in it. We're bringing it up in February because we really think this is the time to make that plan for what you're going to do this summer. I think Bill hit on it too in his interview, but I'll I'll hit on it again. Is that the value of local data? It's valuable. Is it's is really something? Yep. I think it is very easy to dismiss some things at the PTI farm because ah, that's Central Illinois soil. Yep. The value of local data. Yeah, but we replicated this here, and yep. here's what we saw. says a lot. Yep. It carries more value when you can see it in your county, and you see what the, your weather, weather patterns, your ground conditions, your soil types. It makes a difference there. Very good. Hans, so. thank you for everything that you did, lining up the guests, putting the thought uh, and the questions together. Uh, really appreciate what you did here. I think um, it's going to turn out to be a really nice episode. I also want to thank everybody for listening. Join us again next time, hopefully soon, for another episode of Smarter Every Season. Thank <laughs> you.